0: Okay, hello everybody. Welcome into this episode of Frederick Uncut. We are sitting here. This is a very, very, very special episode. Um, very, very special. First of all, I'm here with Pete McCarthy. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? This is your first ever Uncut. First time. Are you excited? Nervous. Nervous. That's... <laughs> are you um, any more nervous than Stuart Harvey? How about you, sir? Uh,
1: I've done this before, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't afford to be nervous. Not fair. <laughs>
0: Frederick County Election Director, Um, you are a busy person these days from what I understand.
1: Well, we're busy and we're not busy. We put one election to bed on Friday and I'm working on another one today. No sooner did we put the primary to bed, but we are now focused on a municipal election which is occurring next month in the city of Brunswick. Hmm.
0: And we'll get to that. We'll get to those things. But before we get too far down the road, I, I always like to get some background on our guests are you originally from
1: Frederick no actually I am from the Washington DC area I was born in DC uh, grew up in Northern Virginia uh, went away to college and came back and moved to Maryland in 1980 mm. uh, lived in Montgomery County for uh, 20 years little more than that and then I came to Frederick County in 2002 when I was hired as the election director
0: What did you do before working here in Frederick?
1: I spent 12 years in Montgomery County as an assistant to four different election directors down Uh there. And so I actually have been in elections since May 1st, 1990. That seems to be your passion. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of found my niche.
0: How, How did that come about? How did you did? I mean, I don't imagine there are a lot of, we'll say, 10, 11-year-old children out there who say, my passion is elections. But is that <laughs> is that how you were?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, I grew up in the Washington area, and politics is the business of Washington. Mm-hmm. But I, both my parents were, they weren't necessarily political, But they met during World War II. My mother was what was known at that time as a government girl. She was hired uh, right after Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. And she worked with an agency that worked fairly closely uh, with Eleanor Roosevelt because she worked on uh, civil defense. Mm -hmm. Um, And my Mm -hmm. father grew up in upstate New York when FDR was governor. And he took tea with uh, Roosevelt's mother as a Boy Scout. So maybe I come by it naturally. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> but this was something you always knew you wanted to do.
1: I, I was always rather interested in politics. Uh, and and I had actually done some campaign work before I got into elections. And I got into elections because of a politician I knew who knew that the Montgomery County Board of Elections needed some part-time help. And part-time became full-time. And there you have it.
0: Well, did you ever want to be a politician yourself?
1: No, actually, I have always found that I do better uh, either, either what I've been doing, you know, for almost thirty years now, or just working on campaigns, which was, you know, what I did for a few years before I uh, moved over to elections.
0: Now you and Pete knew each other a little bit. You said you've talked before.
1: I, I met Pete, I think, when he first came to the uh, Frederick News Post, and uh, your first job was was it the digital work that you were doing originally? I was reporting at first okay. and
2: doing. Um, a Little bit of the political side of things and especially with the charter, yeah. And then, uh, then went to digital, so yes,
1: yeah.
0: So, is that something did you rely on him heavily, Pete? Oh, sure. yes, um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> especially when we were trying to figure out the charter form of government, which, of course, is now how mm-hmm. um, Frederick County is governed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that became a very big issue and very, um,
1: I'm I standing, yeah, f- for some people who. Uh, You know, the majority of people in Frederick weren't familiar with charter government. I was very familiar with charter government because I'd lived down in Montgomery (coughs) County for 20 years, Mm -hmm. and and they've had uh, some form of charter government in Montgomery County since the late 40s. Mm. So it was not unusual to me when, when it was presented. Do you, do you think? Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Do
2: you think people in Frederick County still have uh, trouble understanding some of the aspects of charter?
1: Probably. I mean, yeah. there, there, are, there are still. You know, <clears throat> we're we're literally in the first administration under charter government, and there are still things that they are working on, discovering, and and my guess is after this year's elections with the uh, second charter government, I think people will begin to become more comfortable and 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 understand it a little better.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you prefer? Uh, one government over the other? Do you like charter government?
1: Well, I, I was very used to charter government. If you've lived mm-hmm. under it for 20 years and watched <laughs> it function in Montgomery County, whether you liked it or you didn't like it, it was a form of government I was <clears throat> familiar with. I mm-hmm. was not familiar when I first came to Frederick County with the commissioner form of government. So that was mm-hmm. something I, I had to learn for the first few years when I was here. And when charter government. Um, When the Charter Commission was put together and when the Charter government was put together, I I kind of understood what it was they were trying to do. I don't want to say that the one form of government is necessarily better than the other. I figure whatever the citizens want is the type of government the citizens should have. Could you ever see yourself doing anything else at this point? Well, eventually I do plan to retire. Well, (laughs) would
0: you garden? Would you be a chef? Uh, Well,
1: uh, you'll appreciate this. Uh, Before Election Day, the Sunday before Election Day, I went out and pulled weeds in my yard as therapy. So, you know, (laughs) there's a little... I have a very small garden, but there's a little bit of therapy there. There are are probably things down the road, but they're not exactly on my radar at this point. I
0: want to get into sort of the mechanics of your job and the mechanics of your day and week. Uh, A lot of people, we were talking before we went on air there may be some people who take what you guys and what you and your staff do for granted. Uh, and of course it runs smoothly and everything goes fine. And the only time you really get attention is if something messes up so that it's sort of, it's kind of like us at the newspaper, you know, (laughs) that's, it's one, once you get that one thing wrong, it's over. Um, so when people I'm wondering, I mean, I didn't understand and, and still don't know Quite how this goes. when you explain that you move from one election to the other, is there ever any downtime?
1: Yeah, there there certainly is downtime and there there is uh, we actually have what I would call in a four-year cycle. We sort of have the three- year cycle, if you will, uh, although because the primary has moved in the gubernatorial year, Things sort of flop over into various fiscal years, mm-hmm. but there's usually one year where we don't have a major election. By major election, I mean either not a gubernatorial election, or a presidential election, or the other thing that we've done for many, many years is we uh, assist the city of Frederick in conducting their election, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's a it's not of the scale of the county, but it's still a fairly large election. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the next year or so, there won't necessarily, after the presidential election, there'll be a little bit of downtime. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll have a little bit of downtime now between the primary and the general, even though we're going to do the Brunswick election, uh, I'm going to be able to take a little time off and take a little vacation.
2: So let's talk about this last, uh, the primary. I mean, it was a beast of a ballot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How many candidates total?
1: I don't even want (laughs) to guess. I mean, it, it numbered Probably in the hundreds. A hundred
2: and something, yeah. Yeah. So what was that like trying to keep all that organized?
1: Well, the, the worst part is in a gubernatorial primary, you not only have ballots by party, you have your Democratic ballots, your Republican ballots. And if you have a sufficient number of candidates as we did here, we had a nonpartisan Board of Education ballot. Because of the splits between the congressional districts, the legislative districts, and county council districts, I had 44 different ballot styles. Oh, Oh, wow. And I I got to proof all of those, both manually, and then I had to proof an audio ballot for all 44 of those ballot styles. That's, That's a lot of work in terms of just getting all of those together and getting all that proofing out of the way. And then, of course, you're putting together... Uh, you know, you're working with your staff and they're hiring eight to nine hundred election judges to staff the polling places because we have 63 polling locations. We have three early voting locations. Those have to be staffed for eight continuous days. There's a lot going on sure. <laughs> in an election.
2: So how many hours do you work a week during uh, the l- week? The week's leading the, up? the month,
1: <laughs> the month leading up to the June primary election. Um, The last Saturday I had off was in the month of May until this past Saturday in July. (laughs) Uh, So it's six days a week. There are nights and weekends. Usually the two weeks before an election, I'm working somewhere in the neighborhood of 160 hours. It's it's about an 80-hour week. Wow. You don't get burned out? Um, I've managed to survive <laughs> up to this point. I have, I have an extraordinary staff, I, I, and they are incredibly supportive of each other and of me. So there's a lot of people to keep me afloat and to keep me functioning. Well, and you know, I'm
2: sure they're working long oh, they, days too. Yeah. They,
1: <laughs> they, I, I can't say enough about the staff. They are um, extraordinarily dedicated. They're talented, and they uh, do a lot with a little so with that said, it's, it's like when I'm just
0: kind of trying to wrap my head around the amount of work you guys do and sort of the payoff that you may or may <laughs> not feel. And, and one of the questions I had down, too, it was, was just this idea of what, what's your favorite part? What, what's the thing that at the end of the day you feel like you did a great job, you're happy you do the job you do?
1: I think probably the most rewarding part is watching the cars come in on election night when the returns come in. <laughs> That's,
2: the end is near the end. yeah the end
1: is near but also you know your chief judges are coming in they've got the returns with them usually they're happy they're excited um, they were disappointed as I was this time by the, the poor turnout which unfortunately seems to be We've gone to this June primary election. People go away. I think it's problematic. People are used to voting in the fall, and in the gubernatorial primary, it used to be in September. And we had to move it to June because we have to give enough time for uh, overseas ballots to go out uh, before the general election. There is now a federal law that says we have to send military and overseas ballots 45 days before an election. If you had a September primary, you never got a general election ballot together we couldn't do it in that time frame for a November election. So the legislature moved our primary back from September to June. School gets out June 15th. Father's Day occurs during early voting. There are all kinds of things going on. And, I, and I, sadly, I think this is kind of depressing our turnout.
0: I wanted to ask you a little bit about the turnout. You said it, it's been going down. Do you, And you just alluded a little bit to why you think that may be. Do you have any other sort of you know speculation on why the—I I think I— I had this down in Allen's story recently. Turnout for Democrats, they were they were up five percent, I think, for the gubernatorial race. Um, is that a, a huge number? Typically up or down? What what's a really big number that you see year to year?
1: Well, that's that's not a bad number. It's not a great number. I mean, the turnout was somewhere in the. range for Democrats. Um, Again, still not staggering. But you have to remember, a lot of times things get driven by what's at the top of the ticket. And the Democrats had a contest for governor, Mm -hmm. whereas Governor Hogan on the Republican ballot was uncontested. Mm. And if a lot of Republicans knew that, and there were a number of other races on the Republican ballot that were uncontested, uh, even though there, there was uh, a contest for their nominee for county executive, which was certainly prominent on the Republican ballot. Mm-hmm. But um, there are all kinds of factors as to why people don't vote in primary elections. My father used to never vote in a primary election in Virginia, and his thinking was, you know what, I'll just wait until November. That's the, quote, real election. And a lot of people share my father's views on something like that, which sadly tends to depress turnout in a primary election. I could never... Convince him to ever vote in a primary election, <laughs> even though he knew what my job was. He says, "I don't vote in primary elections." I said, "Okay, Dad." Um, but I don't. I do think, and Frederick County in the state of Maryland does turn out well in November, and I expect our turnout will go up substantially. I, I looked at four years ago; we had a fifty-three percent voter turnout. I'll be honest with you; I think it's going to be higher. I think, I think both parties are going to turn out their voters. And I think independent voters who only had the Board of Education on their ballot in the primary, they will turn out in much greater numbers in November. So I'm hoping that we get a turnout of well over 60%, not just here in Frederick County, but in the state of Maryland. Because Maryland usually does better in midterm elections than a lot of states around the country.
2: Does that higher turnout you're expecting come down to also the national climate, you think?
1: Um, I don't know if I can speculate on that. And the reason being is voters here in midterm elections and in presidential elections turn out well. As Mm -hmm. I said, we had 53% four years ago. Two years ago, I had 77% voter turnout, which is just well, well above the national average. And and Maryland Maryland does well in in terms of a national comparison. So I don't know if you can say that the political climate uh, is going to boost turnout one way or the other. It seemed to have virtually no effect on the primary.
0: You mentioned, you know, with your, your dad, for instance, saying uh, he didn't, you know, the real election is in November. How do you change that perception among people?
1: Well, I, I don't know that I can change it all that much. Mm-hmm. I think really, uh, especially in a primary election, because it is a party driven affair with the exception of the Board of Education race. Mm-hmm. I think both political parties need to do whatever they can to get their voters out. Now, you know, one thing that we do to make voters very much aware of it is we print and we send a specimen ballot to every single registered voter here in Frederick County. And in the primary election, that was close to 170,000 uh, specimen ballots. and. If people don't get them or they have problems with them, believe me, I hear about it. Mm -hmm. We had a a little mix-up, which your paper reported on, and I I talked to them, about the printer sending the wrong specimen ballot to a handful of precincts. I heard about it immediately. We corrected it immediately. We sent them the correct specimen ballot. But people are looking for that kind of information. I think the problem is uh, in this primary, in both parties, people might well have been overwhelmed by the sheer number of candidates. At least I didn't have what our neighbor the south had where montgomery county had 30 some odd candidates running for four at large seats hmm. in the democratic primary for county council hmm.
2: and that's where it did come down to where every vote did count as we talked earlier before we came on air what was it? you said it was two votes
1: well that was of, ha- that was actually that was howard, howard county, county that's right but we've got close <coughs> races i've never seen so many close races in my life there were at least two close county council races in Prince George's County. There was one in Queen Anne's County. There was one in Talbot County. The Howard County Council race, two votes. The Baltimore County Democratic race for county executive, nine votes. The Montgomery County uh, finished with the Democratic race for county executive last night, 80 votes. Uh, and they've got a House of Delegates race. I believe it's in District 16 in the Democratic primary. The difference between the third and the fourth place finisher is 11 votes. So in all of my years in elections, I have never seen so many close contests. So, yes, every vote does count.
2: And we had one with the Board of Education.
1: We did. It wasn't, wasn't wasn't nearly as close. I mean, 25 votes sounds Still. close, but compared to some of these others, <laughs> it looks like a huge margin. Sure. Hmm.
0: Uh, you just referenced to uh, some issues that that may have happened. I wanted to. I don't know much about it. Pete might know more. Uh, Alan obviously would have known the most. I would assume. But were you referencing the thing with the MVA? No, mm. okay. no.
1: Actually, that was just the specimen ballots that we send out to the voters here. Okay. MVA was a whole mother kettle of fish, and okay. and. As I understand it, and and, um, there's going to be a hearing on it this week, so maybe we'll find out more in the legislature on Thursday. Um, As I understand it, MVA put their websites and their kiosks in effect in early 2017. And if a voter went there to make a change or to register to vote or to change their political party, that somehow those transactions – did not get to the State Board of Elections, which is how they did not wind up in the voter registration database. Mm. Because any transactions that occur at MVA, at the locations, we get what's known as online voter registration. That data is transmitted on a daily basis to the State Board of Elections, and the State Board of Elections pushes it out to the local boards mm. so that we update our, our voter registration on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um But as I understand it, some 80,000 or more transactions that were done on these kiosks or were done on MVA's website just didn't get from MVA to the State Board of Elections. And we don't know all the particulars yet. I'm as curious to find out what happened as everybody else is. And you
2: still don't know the exact impact it had on Frederick County, right?
1: Based on the number of provisional ballots we had, I don't think the impact was huge. Mm-hmm. I had roughly six hundred and fifty provisional ballots, both between early voting and on election day. I did not think that number was unusual. There were we were comparing our data to the data that MVA sent to the state board uh, when we were going through these provisional ballots, and there were, I don't know how many. But there was not an overwhelming number of them where we were looking at a transaction that had occurred either on the website or at the kiosk. Mm -hmm. Because if it was, we had data on them. And if the data matched our data, then we didn't have to make any changes. Mm -hmm. If the data was more current than the data we had on file, we used that data to determine whether to count the provisional ballot.
0: When something like this happens, what is your initial response? Are you kind of panicking? Like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do?
1: Well, look at it this way. We first heard about this from the state the Friday before election (laughs) So you can imagine, uh, I remember the conversation, uh, you know, we were having a statewide conversation and and the conversation at the other end from the state was, I can hear you all just, you know, just sort of taking a deep sigh. I mean, they kind of (laughs) knew what our reaction was going to be. Mm But the one thing about elections is you just have to roll with the punches because there's always something that's going to come up that you simply cannot plan for. Mm -hmm. For example, I've lived through Hurricane Sandy. In 2012, with Hurricane Sandy, we had to shut down early voting for a couple of days. The governor shut it down because the state was not in a position, nobody was in a position essentially to to clean up and use their early voting locations. Mm -hmm. So we shut down early voting for a couple of days. And then what they did was they tacked on an extra day of early voting. (laughs) We tacked on an extra day of early voting on Friday, whereas normally we would end on Thursday. And what that meant was we had to get in touch with all of our locations and say, guess what, we're not gonna be out of there Friday or Thursday, we're going to be in your location Friday, Mm -hmm. and P.S., we need to find people. So we had to madly scramble to find people to staff those three early voting locations for that one extra day of early voting. Mm -hmm. And because we'd lost a day when we normally process, Mm -hmm. we had to spend the entire weekend getting our poll books up to date. By this, we have to take the early voting data, put it in our poll books before they go out the door on Election Day. Because the poll books will show a judge whether or not a person has already voted. And if they've already voted, they're not getting a regular ballot. They're getting a provisional ballot if they essentially forgot that they voted or they tried to vote twice. Mm. So we worked literally round the clock mm. to get those poll books out the door. And our staff had to take them to all those polling locations on Monday. Whereas normally they go out with our election judges the weekend before
0: i was going to ask you about maybe a crazy story that you could share that uh you could remember that seems to be maybe the craziest
1: <laughs> that's probably the craziest but i have one fun story that goes all the way back to montgomery county and this was this was <laughs> this was in the early 90s this is before we had motor voter where people you know could register at at uh, at mva mm mm-hmm and ironically I, enough I guess uh, <laughs> and then when when my boss was on the phone with a voter on election day and this is also actually before we had provisional voting in the state of Maryland this is a long time ago I want to say it was 1992 and she got on the phone with this voter and the voter had gone to their polling place which happened to be a library in Montgomery County and she said well did you register to vote and the person said well, yes, I registered, and she said, and what did they give you when you registered? And the person said, well, they gave me a library card. <laughs> so they thought they were registering to vote. Instead, they were actually signing up for a library card. <laughs> oh, no. so, so, you know, um, and, and, and there, there are other stories, and, and I've been through difficult elections before. I've been around long enough that we had a, a very close gubernatorial election back in 1994, um, and I was in Montgomery County and at that point we were kind of the eye of the storm because the election really was going to be decided by absentee votes in Montgomery mm-hmm. County and we had we had local and national media as well as the national political parties living with us for over a week mm. while we very slowly and meticulously counted absentee ballots it was not it was not fun mm. Mm.
2: So how do you transition from primary to general election now? I mean, This was more than just a trial run. Obviously, it was.
1: Well, you you really it it is it is a totally different animal. First off, you now have official nominees of the political parties. Mm -hmm. You have official Republican candidates. You have official Democratic candidates. Um, The ballot looks very different because the ballot obviously is the same ballot for everybody. You you don't vote by party. The other thing is you have two things in a general election that you will never have in a primary election. You have questions on the ballot. And you have right-in voting because Maryland bans right-in voting in the primary election. So you've got to uh, work on that as well. Uh, One of the things that charter government has given us is the council has the ability to put questions, charter amendments on the ballot. I don't have those charter amendments yet, but the county attorney will word those and send them off to the state and we'll have those on our ballot. Um, And it's possible we will have, I know we'll have two uh, constitutional questions uh, passed by the legislature that will be on our ballot in the fall. And uh, if enough signatures are gathered by one or more groups, if they get at least 10,000 signatures, a group could put a charter amendment on the ballot for the fall. Hmm. Do you prefer primary or general elections one over the other? I prefer general elections. I don't have as many ballot styles, and I don't have to worry about parties. <laughs> it's just I'm going from 44 ballot styles to 20 ballot styles. I'll take it. You, uh, well, along those same lines, uh, to you, especially somebody
0: who is passionate about this stuff, uh, what's the hardest thing? If you could boil it down to one thing with your job, what's the hardest thing, the most challenging
1: part of what you do? I think the most challenging part, not just for me, but for election officials around the country, is getting election judges or getting election workers, because we have to hire between eight and 900 election workers here in Frederick County. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a large jurisdiction or a small jurisdiction, it's difficult because it is a very long election day. It's from mm-hmm. six in the morning, an hour before the polls open here, until approximately nine o'clock at night. because after after the polls close, you've got to shut your voting booths down. You've got to shut your equipment down. And the chief judges have to bring your results back to us at the warehouse so that we can tabulate them. It's always difficult. It's especially difficult trying to find election judges in the summertime. Because oh, yeah. Yeah. We, will, we will have available to us in the fall. It'll be a lot easier in the fall, and I'll tell you why. First off, it's a county holiday. So county employees are more than happy to work as election judges because it's a holiday for them. Secondly, teachers. The teachers disappear in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Their school year ended June the 15th, and I think the teachers, the last day for the teachers was June the 21st. The election was June the 26th. A lot of the teachers were not interested in assisting us on June 26th. They had other plans for the summer. Mm-hmm. But they have a day off because the schools are closed in the fall. A lot of those teachers are going to come and work for us in the fall. So there are lots and lots of reasons I prefer a fall election. It's just an easier an easier animal, if you will.
0: People come to work for you. How does that
1: go? They get paid, I'm assuming? Election judges do get paid. Um, Mm -hmm. Our our judges get paid for election day, depending on what they're doing, a minimum of $150 for election day. Plus, we give them a training fee on top of that because they come in for a two to three hour training. Now, the chief judges make more. The chief judges make 200 because they have to handle all of whatever problems are and any responsibilities in the polling place. They pick up supplies before Election Day. And then, of course, as I said, they bring the returns back to us on election night.
0: Wow. We should do that then, Pete. We should secure. <laughs> we. I don't think we're
1: allowed to sign up, are Probably we? Probably not. That's but. My my guess uh, is I'm not sure what your ethics code is, but you might have a conflict <laughs> of interest
2: there. And Ross also a little busy that night too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah,
1: that's just so much money
0: to us little journalists. You know, I. Can't. <laughs> we need it. We need it. Uh, I, I touched on this a little bit uh, earlier as well. But, you know, talking about the things that really satisfy you and the things like whenever you have a really, really, really good night. um, Conversely, you know, I asked you before about a crazy story and, and you shared a couple. Do you have a story of when you when you went home specifically after a long day's worth of work that you can remember and recall where you're just like, this was a great day?
1: I've actually had a lot of those. Mm -hmm. I I can honestly say that I've actually had a lot of those. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that's very satisfying is when we have a really large turnout. That makes me Mm -hmm. happy because years ago I said that putting on an election is like throwing a party for, you know, hundreds of thousand people for one day. Mm -hmm. Although now we have early voting, I could say eight days plus one. (laughs) Um, It's very satisfying to me when the voters turn out. Mm -hmm. It's not satisfying to me when the voters don't turn out because we put as much work... In every election, regardless of turnout, but when mm. I see seventy-seven percent, or I think the highest turnout election I ever saw was I had one election in Montgomery County where it was an eighty-five percent turnout, which is wow. virtually, virtually, you know, you got to figure that some people may be on the voter rolls who've moved away, or a handful of people might have might have passed on, but an eighty-five percent turnout is is virtually everybody, yeah, and. I've had, I think I had one or two elections here in Frederick where I've had that kind of turnout. Usually, Mm -hmm. usually that kind of turnout is in a presidential election because you have people who will sadly only vote once every four years and they'll Mm -hmm. come out in November in a presidential year and you won't see them for four years.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We always like to end things with a lot of fun questions, <laughs> and we will get to them, but I always like to do this as well with whoever is in here sitting with me, I, and I'll ask you, Pete, is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to get to? Any stone left turned, or would it be unturned? I'm not quite
2: sure. Unturned. Unturned. I guess the this would probably be a good time to do a little PSA to talk about early voting and election day in November, so maybe you can just kind of let people know what they need to know leading into well, election.
1: voter registration reopened today. So, if you're not registered to vote or you need to update your address or you want to change your party or whatever, Happy voter registration day. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, <laughs> now, now is the time to do it. Voter registration remains open until October 16th uh, at 9 p.m. And then we have early voting October 25th through November 1st, if I'm remembering correctly. And the thing is, we will have one extra early voting location that we did not have in the primary because it wasn't available to us because they were having their carnival. So we will, <laughs> for those of you who used the Middletown Activity Center in the fall of 2016, we'll be back at Middletown, and we will be at the three locations where we were in the primary. The Frederick Senior Center, the Thurmont Regional Library, and the Urbana Regional Library as well. Um, Election Day is Tuesday, November 6th. If you want to go ahead and put it on your calendar now, that's fine. Polls, as always, will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Early voting hours are a little different. Those are 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., and it really is eight straight days, including Saturday and Sunday. The best time to early vote, Saturday or Sunday, because it is usually very slow at the early voting locations. We would be happy to see you then. When do you cast your ballot? Uh, I always voted early voting um i have a little fun because obviously i'm watching the numbers every day as people are voting so i know what is in my poll book usually i try to be maybe the 500th voter or the 1000th <laughs> voter it's a little game i play with the check-in judges i'm like okay tell me when we get close to 500 and tell me when we get close to thousand i'll be the thousandth voter so uh it's it's just it's just a little thing we play and we love 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 the new voters The first-time voters. Oh, sure. We have have a tradition, especially at the Frederick Senior Center, which is where I am during early voting. If you are a first-time voter, expect to hear lots of cheers. (laughs) Do people bring you food throughout the day? Not necessarily throughout the day, but occasionally folks will bring lunch or dinner. Um, and uh, usually the judges, uh, there's usually a handful of judges that want to bring goodies, especially the, the judges that I've had that have worked election after election. They might somebody might come in with baked goods or they might come in with you know something special in the morning. Um, one of my judges on election night this year, uh, left us with cookies at the warehouse. And, and one of my staff members looked and said, hmm, I think they've eaten most of them. <laughs> and then we have, we have traditions. We have at least one person who always bakes a couple of election day cakes. He, he makes a chocolate cake and also a rum cake that, that are just to die for.
0: You said too. Uh, I want to real quickly before we, we uh, went on air too. You explained that you what you have a staff of nine, I think. Or actually, seven?
1: actually, the full time staff, including myself, is seven. Seven. That's now we, okay. do ha- we do have we do have three part time people working with us, and mm-hmm. you know we'll probably have those folks and maybe add one or two part time people. But if you think about what we do and the fact that on election day I have eight to nine hundred people working for me out in the field, mm-hmm. we've got a five member board and our board council. Um, we do a lot with a little we really do
0: <laughs> yeah seven people isn't I mean that's less than what we have I mean, yeah, we feel like uh, we're short staff so <laughs> but, um, so we always finish these up with with fun questions I, I'm gonna uh, ask you real quick if if there's any hobby that you have any passion outside of elections in politics what would it
1: be well I'm, I'm I like automobiles uh, and uh, uh, I haven't started collecting. Maybe that'll happen somewhere after retirement. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've always had a fascination with automobiles ever since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was told that when you could distinguish cars, that uh, as a kid, I could lean out the car window and tell you everything that went by. Um, I'm, I'm also kind of a sucker for animals, uh, especially dogs. I've got two dogs. One is a rescue, and one I just adopted last fall from the shelter. He's an old guy. He's about 11 years old. 11-year-old Shizu, I said. He's a retirement-type dog. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I and, and what's kind of fun is, I don't know why, but ever since we started early voting at the Frederick Senior Center, people are always bringing their dogs. <laughs> and so there, there's all these pictures that I took, this year, when the dogs came into early voting, uh, we're actually going to probably start a web page on or on our Facebook page, then, you know, the dogs of the Frederick County Board of Elections. So, <laughs> yeah, animals. Have you ever had any dogs try to vote? Uh, no, but no. you've probably seen the stories over the years of, of people who have registered their animals. Yeah. I think there was actually one over on the Eastern Shore a few years ago, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So
2: Or voted for their animals, too. Oh, uh, well, I don't know
1: about that. <laughs>
2: probably uh
0: what is your favorite movie
1: my favorite movie oh that's a good one um i have a couple of favorites uh, uh, oddball movies um i do like uh, political movies i think dave is probably my favorite political movie okay um but uh also i like the american president um and uh you know um the Godfather. godfather
0: what can i say okay how about part 2?
1: Um one and two.
0: One and two. Everybody. Uh, I, hates I I would know three no. Three, no, <laughs> no, not three. If you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would they be? Well,
1: my father would probably be at the top of the list. Uh, he passed away in 2012. He was 96. Hmm. Um and I don't know. Um
0: they've got to be political figures, uh, right? Y- you you would hmm. think
1: I I I I would kind of, simply because my parents had such a connection, I would kind of like to put FDR on that list. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure who the third person would be. Um, my father always referred to himself as an Eisenhower Republican. So maybe Eisenhower, because my father served in Europe in World War II and had great respect for Dwight Eisenhower. So, you know, maybe maybe a mixed bag of Eisenhower and FDR. Okay. Yeah, what's on
2: the menu there with the- FDR and Eisenhower. I don't don't
1: know. Look at it this way. FDR, I I gather, had different tastes than Eisenhower, so (laughs) maybe a, a mixed bag. I'm not sure what would be on the menu. What was the last concert you attended? The last concert I attended? Oh, Lord, that's a good one. Ah... I'll be honest with you. It doesn't. It, it just doesn't ring a bell at the moment. Oh, just, you don't like music? Is that no? I t- <laughs> no. I love music, but uh, you know, with my job, a lot of times it's basically serious satellite radio in the car. That's yeah. that, that's basically it. Um, it's it's been a while. I did a couple of years ago for my birthday. I did see Diana Ross up in Baltimore, and that was fun. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds. Pete, do you have any?
2: favorite no any questions. any, any oh, questions, questions. Um, any fun questions oh I, I wasn't prepared for this one um
0: <laughs> these are always they're the easy I, ones i know
2: um since we're talking about band or music favorite band
1: favorite band oh lord probably i'm i'm, I'm a traditionalist i'd probably have to say the beatles the beatles that's fair enough that's fair, fair enough. enough um what is your favorite book my favorite book um I am a huge fan of the Tales of the City series, so okay. um virtually any of those books they're they're just fun they're escapist, and I just love the way he writes it's just it's if you've never read the series it's it's worth it I just highly recommend it television show
0: oh television show hmm. Um, I'm assuming you don't get a lot of time to watch TV no
1: and unfortunately sometimes I'm you know It's cable and and a lot of times on cable you can see anything and everything. That's true. Um I think I uh, And again, you won't be surprised. It's not a series. that's on anymore. I was a huge fan of the West Wing
0: Oh, Mm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense I've got one more Pete. Do
1: you have any no?
2: Um I can give you one more. Go
1: ahead, if, if you got one.
2: Favorite place to go or thing to do in Frederick County?
1: Ooh, that's that's good. Now, I love to eat out. Uh, um, well, now that's, that's uh, going
0: to bleed into my question, too, so uh, go ahead. Go. Well,
1: all right. In terms of place... Um, It's never a bad thing to either be on Carroll Creek or in Baker Park, either one of those places, because the nice thing is I came here just before the development of Carroll Creek. All you had were two sidewalks, Mm -hmm. and to see what has happened in the 16 years I've been here is really, really quite wonderful.
0: Well, that leads to the final question. Where is your favorite place to eat in Frederick? Uh,
1: For me, it's actually a neighborhood restaurant, family meal. You can walk from my house to family meal. And the close second would probably be Lucky Corner.
0: Mm, okay, that's good. What do you usually get at Family Meal?
1: Family Meal. My other half likes the shrimp and grits. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to be more towards the meatloaf or fish kind of stuff. Okay. I'd really, like their meatloaf. It's uh, it's interesting. Meatloaf that is interesting. Yeah. yeah, the fried chicken
2: of course is. The yeah.
1: fried chicken is great. I just I, it, it, there's so much with the fried chicken. They give you so much that usually I wind up. You know, I'm taking stuff home. So I'll order it occasionally, but I'm more inclined to go with something else.
0: Fair enough. This has been good. This has been great. Stuart Harvey, thank you so much for taking the time to come by.
1: Thanks.